If there's a smile in your eyes, Think of Christmas, think of snow, think of sleigh bells, off you go like reindeer in the sky. You can fly, fly, you can fly. Think of the happiest things, it's the same as having Think of all the joy you'll find when you leave the world behind and be My mom is like, she like is, hates when um, movies have like a chorus that isn't, like it happens in a lot of those like 50s Disney movies where like there's a chorus but they're just kind of like voices. Like they're not like a chorus, they're just like a... A choir of people yeah, singing words. Yeah, and they words. disappear. It's non-diagest. She doesn't yeah. like that. She wants it. I want to see the people singing. Yeah. I want to see them. I. Good for her. Yeah. She thinks it's weird. <laughs> Bless her heart. Well, to this week we are talking about, well, the Peter Pan lore. Maybe you could. We could start there. Mm-hmm. So I was in a production of Peter and the Starcatcher. Toss, toss. I was not Peter. Um, boy. Boy. I was not boy. Um, but we wanted to take a look at that show. I'm not a boy. Doo doo. Nah, yeah, Peter. Stupid. You like that? No, I started the bit. <laughs> I'm not going to congratulate you on finishing my joke. Yes, but the rules of improv are um, saying yes and. So taking taking your input and letting it yes and and that would make that would feel bad <laughs> okay well let's get on with the episode what's wrong with a poo <laughs> wow let's get yes. on with the episode Adam. yeah 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 i'm rj oh and we're doing this too yeah i'm adam <laughs> and you're listening to the dysfunctional podcast. podcast we're just two gay boys that can't get enough of that disney oh Oh boy! You just wanted to go back to doing the. Thank you. Giggle. Let's start the show. Hi! Yeah! 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 Okay, so let's talk about Peter and Starcatcher. So Peter and Starcatcher is a is a play that's based on. A series of children's books written by Ridley Pearson, who also wrote the Kingdom Keeper series. Um, I wouldn't call it fine literature, the Kingdom Keeper series, <laughs> but oh if you God. like the parks, it's a good read. It's a read. It's a. It's a. <laughs> it's a read, it's honey. A read, honey. honey, it's a read. Um, to be fair, you did start reading them in college, and I think they're meant for no. The young first adults. one I read in senior year of high school. Mm. That was the first one I read. But then I had only read the first one. And then so I what is college when I bought the other ones. I guess I, I don't know how far they've got into Peter and the Starcatcher, the actual book. I don't know. I anyway. I tell you, I didn't read them. <laughs> anyway, the, the play takes place as like a, it's... It's the origin story. Of origin Peter story Pan. of Peter, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a doozy, let me tell you. Listen, it literally is the perfect Venn diagram of I am a person who loves Peter Pan and I'm also a person who loves a coming of age story. And mm-hmm. it's both of those. You are right in the middle of that. Book. I am. It's me standing alone, crying the whole time. No, it's really a thing. I'm pretty sure there are other gay boys in that Venn diagram. 
Yeah, that's why I don't say my favorite character is Peter Pan anymore. My favorite character is Peter Pan, but I say my favorite character is Pinocchio now. So let's unpack this. Let's unpack. Well, okay. Let's unpack this, Jonathan Van Ness. I'm not ashamed of, like, liking Peter Pan, but it's so, like... I feel like it also... It wasn't until we moved to Orlando where you were like, oh, every gay boy that's here. Yes, and I think (laughs) it's also a a thing where... Let's say I work at a place where you may have your name and then a character that you associate with next to your name. Yeah. It's typically Peter's already taken. (laughs) Typically he's taken by someone who is is a a white gay boy. Yeah. So I have decided that in a work environment or something along those lines, I will say my favorite character is Pinocchio. Which, I mean, I would agree that... Yeah, I definitely love Pinocchio. This is not like I'm just pulling... Like, I'm not saying it's Tarin from Black Cauldron. Like, that would be a stretch. I love Pinocchio. Or um, Terrence from... The Fairies. <laughs> the Fairies. Uh, yeah. Squeakles. Yeah. Pixie Hollows. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, the, the... God, he's cute, though. Yeah. Terrence. You know who voiced him? Justin McCartney. Yes, he did. I'm leaving I never did. You know all the voices in that? Raven Can we just go through those okay. real quick? Raven Simone. Raven Simone is Lucy Iridesa. Lou. Lu- Lucy Lou is Silvermist. America Ferrera. America Ferrera is... <laughs> I used to know all these. Um, she's the animal one. Fawn. Fawn. I mean, this is still topical. It is Peter Pan lore. You don't know the other one? Rosetta? You don't know who voices Rosetta? Is it... Kristen Chenoweth, Kirsten honey. Chenoweth. I was like, is it Kirsten Dunst? No, Kristen Chenoweth is Rosetta, who's the flower fairy. There's four fairies, right? That was the four. And then there's and then the there's, new one. And then there's Tink, and no one knows who voiced her. I don't even, I don't remember who it was. It wasn't anyone, like, famous, famous. And then Terrence was voiced by Jesse McCartney. And, um, um, um... Um, Captain EO, what's her name? Angelica, Angelica Houston. Houston was like the queen of the fairies. She, let you me know tell how you. how much money they threw at this series? And let me tell you. For a straight to video series? Let me none tell you. None of these have the actual Angelica Houston is still queen of the fairies. Is you know what I mean? Honey. Honey. We worship, we the worship queen of the queen. you. We worship you. We give you thanks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, Zendaya is one of them. Oh, is she in... Oh, is she... Oh, oh there's... Fern. I don't know who that is. Is she... There's a. There's another one. Um, the... 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 Vidya. But Vidya, I don't think it was famous either. Vidya killed the radio store? Yeah. That, it's not... It's not famous. Okay. Tink is a girl named Mae Whitman? Sure. Oh! Uh, uh, she was in Scott Pilgrim. She's in Parenthood. That's where... That's how we would know her. I wouldn't know her from there. <laughs> you wouldn't know from any of those. Okay, so anyway, back to being back to the <laughs> Sorry, yeah, sure. I mean, it's really cool. The way what I loved about the play that it was a. Um, yeah, I've already done my my um, in class discussion on this show, so you get to talk. Okay, what I really liked about Peter and the Starcatcher is that it's it's very we're we are a troupe of actors putting on a show, which is really cool. I'm curious to see if that was, like, what was the thought behind that? Whether it was just easier to do it that way, you know what I mean? To, like, Mm -hmm. tell the story since it is 
not only a super well-known story, but they're adapting essentially like a book series into a play. Um, I will say when I first saw it, and it was when Orlando Shakespeare Theater did it like two years ago. Mm -hmm. The things that really stood out to me are the design because it is a troop of actors we're playing. So the, the design is playful. But because of how playful it is, it's very childlike, which I think is the main it's the point, point of the story is yeah. that because he wants to stay as a boy, if the production isn't fun, yeah. then you don't get that sense of fe- that sense. From yep. I will say when I first watched it, I felt like the writing was very, very fan fiction. <laughs> It, it took me it a does while. feel like that at some point. It took yes. me a while to be like, how, okay, how do I get into the story and feel like it's a grounded story and not just like somebody has a Peter somebody Pan wrote book. yeah somebody on their Wattpad wrote a fanfic. Oh no, you didn't do all that. I did not do that, girl. No, I did Digimon fanfiction. I didn't do Peter okay. Oh good. Yeah, so we're fine. We're good. That's okay. Um, let's talk about how Christian Borle. Um, won a Tony. Yeah, he did. He did win a Tony for Black Stash. Um, it's also interesting. It's again one of the things where like, is Peter Pan like the most interesting character in it, or is it Captain Hook? Like even in the animated yeah, even film, in the, who's yeah. like who's more fun to watch? Yeah, is it Robin Williams and Hook, or is it Dustin Hoffman as Captain Hook? Like who who? Is it Christopher Walken in? No, it's never Christopher Walken. Or is it always Christopher Walken? Is Christian Borle just Christopher Walken in a wig? No. That's definitely no. Um, what is it about the Peter Pan story that... <laughs> Adam's face is just like, why are you asking me this? I feel like I'm asking very NPR story, uh, NPR questions. Yeah, why, what is this, fresh air? What yeah. is this? What is it about the Peter Pan story that connects with the youth of today and what makes it so timeless there is something very interesting about the fact that peter pan continues yeah. over the years to keep coming back yeah. as a story that people keep wanting to tell i don't know why the more i sit with with the show too the more i think about how like I think, I think a, the British sensibility definitely plays a part in it because it's like they're supposed to be very prim and proper and like er, like aristocratic. So like having an idea. The high low. Yes. Yeah. Having the, the notion of where you Did can. Did you just fart Friedrich? <laughs> He's not. Very high low. Very high low. Yes. As we have this Aristotelian discussion about Peter Pan, you're going to fart. <laughs> You're disgusting. That's our producer slash dog, Friedrich, who is currently knocked out. No, on he's the awake. Floor. He has his eyes open. Okay. Um, there's that sense of like the Britishness, but then the idea of like there's an island where you can be a child forever where you don't have to follow rules and be yes. and like be able to play. I think there's something about that. I think it does speak I think the it does speak to both children and I think it does speak to adults in a way that maybe isn't healthy like there is peter pan syndrome that's a real thing for a reason yeah um 
But I do think if you're able to just take it as like a fun story, it does take it does give you the nostalgia of like being a child. Yeah. Um, and then for children, I think it does do the like. It gives you like all of the like fantastical nonsense, but still being within a world that like makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like every there's like four different groups. There's the mermaids, there's the Indians, and there's the pirates, and they're all kind of like it's like storybook characters, swashbuckly. Yeah, and yeah, like and adventures. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, you can even go so far as to say like. They're each represented by, like, a different land in, like, Magic Kingdom. God damn. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Okay, Miss Thesis. Okay. Well, I would say the mermaids represent Fantasyland. I would say the pirates obviously represent Adventureland. The Indians represent Frontierland. Um... I don't know if there's necessarily a Main Street USA equivalent. Yeah, it's... The Lost Boys? No, it's um, where they're from. the England. It's London. Oh, yeah. That's like the beginning of the story. Yeah. There's no Tomorrowland, I will say that. But that's because typically sci-fi is like a completely different beast of a genre. Yeah. That Disney typically does not do well with. This is what I was always confused about the the Peter Pan movie. When they say, like, think of the places where you want to go, and they say all those things, right? Like, Wendy says the mermaids, Michael and John say the pirates and, and the Indians. Mm-hmm. So then, does that fabricate uh, into when in they're a going? mermaid lagoon yeah. underneath a magic moon. But that's the thing. When they I go to Neverland... I think cave. I think I'll be an Indian brave. When they go to Neverland, do those things appear because that's what they wanted, or... No, those have always been there. But those are the stories that Wendy tells, because Wendy tells the stories of Peter Pan to Michael and John. Oh, because Molly is Wendy's mother, and Molly went on well, this, this adventure. Well, this is it. That's if you believe Peter oh. the Although there is a reference in the original story that when he brings when he brings Wendy back, the mom he, is like, I remember. Like, I remember you. Mm-hmm. And then it happens again with Jane, her daughter. Wendy's daughter, specifically. But is that weird? It is a little weird. <laughs> is that weird that he keeps coming back like that? But he always forgets. He never remembers. Here's the lesson, everyone. Grow up. Okay? Pay your taxes. It's too late now, so good luck with that. Make sure you file the extension. Well, our... Pay the rent. Yeah. Okay. Rent's not going to pay itself. Not going to pay itself, honey. Playing with mermaids ain't going to pay the rent. Let's talk about the mermaids. We should talk about... We shouldn't <laughs> talk about... Maybe probably not on this podcast because it's not a Disney something. But, like, Finding Neverland is a really good movie. Is it? Even I've though, like Johnny seen John- it. Wait, hold on. Is Finding Neverland the one where it's, like, his? he's following his dad? Or is that a big fish? Like, it's like a dad and a son. That's Big Fish. That's Big Fish. Okay. Finding Neverland is the story of J.M. Barry and the I'm kid. sorry, Johnny Depp plays J.M. Barry? Yeah. Watching without the knowledge of what... Well, that Johnny Depp how, is a terrible... Yeah, how he's not great. Because time is up for Johnny Depp. But back then... Time was better. Time was running still. Yeah, time was still running. Oh, um, God. 
He plays J.M. Barry, and then the kid from The Good Doctor, what's his name? Freddie Highmore. Mm-hmm. He plays the kid who's, like, sick of, like, Kirsten, uh, Chris... Kirsten Dunst? No! What is that? Kate Winslet! My god, I was like, <laughs> Kirsten Dunst? Kira Knightley? Who is that? What's her name? <laughs> um, Kate Winslet's, like, she's he's, like, the youngest son. He's, like, kind of sick. Mm-hmm. And he, like, writes these stories about Peter Pan for him. And then their mom dies and she and their dad is already dead so they become orphans and then it's like it's really good it's a really good movie and it's also Kate Winslet is so good in it she's so good Kate Winslet will always do consistent work even I in Steve make, Jobs even in Steve Jobs I want to make that very clear no one's saying she, she is a consistent why are you actress coming for me okay Adam <laughs> all right so don't be surprised when we she We all a good loved job. the reader. Yes, we, we did. We all loved the holiday. Yeah, I, <laughs> you got me. It's it's one of those things where it's like I'm not gonna buy Jack she Black. It's a, a rom com. She needs a paycheck. Yeah. You know what? Nothing. No, no she shouldn't have to. Her. She shouldn't have to apologize for that. She's humble. She is. Is she? <laughs> I don't know her like that. She might not be. I mean, she. Did two? She went back to do a movie with Leo. Oh, Revolutionary Road. That movie was hard to watch, but I lived. I did not watch it. Um, my parents divorced in front yeah. of me, so I probably don't I, need so to. I don't think that's my brand. Um, but fun. That's Wait, I want to talk about. I want to talk about the mermaids because I really like how the mermaid mythology comes up through Peter and the Starcatcher. Okay, I would like to talk about the Indians when you're done. Okay. I like that the star stuff kind of turn these fish into mermaids and then they become like these creatures that basically like teach Peter like you belong here, like you you are the island, like mm-hmm. all of this because you touch the star stuff, all of the star stuff relates to you. You know what I mean? Like it goes back to you. So I just thought it was really cool. And the mermaid scene was always the fun scene for us to do. I will say another thing about Peter and the Starcatcher that's really smart in the writing of it is it's using words like star stuff. Like that's, I don't need like a big turn of phrase like that's the smart academic thing. It needs to sound like it's like written by a child. Like it's all in a childhood vernacular that I think is really smart. Um, Yeah. To be accessible, because I can, you no one explains what star stuff is. It's stuff that stuff that comes from, from stars that are shooting across the that, sky that do night. magic that yes. turn that changes people. But and it looks like sand. Yeah, and that's all you're explained. Yeah. And yet you don't need any more. Yeah, I know exactly what star stuff is. I know what it can do. I know like it's like I. There's a lot of that that I think is really well done in it Mm -hmm. um the indians i think are really an an interesting thing and i i don't want to call them native americans because they are they're not they're not americans they're not native americans they're this tribal i I don't want to say idyllic view but like this like fantastical version of that trope yeah um that he used for the original story and i think it's so smart how it is done in Peter the Starcatcher because that is the one that is the thing that I think a lot of current Peter Pan iterations really try to shy away from because it, it I it's hard to do without yeah. 
making someone angry. Like, it's not great. It's the whole... The thing is, like, we tend to forget that the first... The first real, like, terrible thing that we have done as a Western culture, as a Western civilization, is colonization. So, like... Is a race native people. Is a race native... Yeah, exactly. So, I think playing into that is you realize like when you're in it you're like oh crap like that's what we're saying like yeah because i think in culture in the society today we forget that like colonization is why we're here i think that's another thing the show does really well too so that talks about like the british colonialism and how it's not it it's not great it's not yeah it's not yeah like yes we're all gentrification on a global scale yeah um wow so are you saying that Chicago gentrification is cult colonization? Wow, Adam, you're really unpacking it I'm all tonight, so woke. honey. God. But then Chicago also... Sun Times, call Adam Noecker. No, I'd um, rather talk to the trip. Yeah. They fired Hedda, so it's fine. Hetty. Hetty. It's not Hedda. How dare you? Hedda Hopper. How dare you? Hedda Gobbler? Hedda Hopper. Um to the people that don't know the show, it's they they do the natives, like island natives, but it's like more. How do I explain? It's it? hard to explain. It's hard to explain. All the words that they use are it's native food without being. Words. They're all Italian. Food they're all words. Italian food words. It's native without being dis- specific, and yet it's unspecified for Neverland, yeah. or I guess the island that they're on. Yeah. Run, not Run Dune. Um, Mollusk Island. Mollusk Island. Um, it's it's just smart in a way that is still funny. It's a it's a thing of like well, and you feel it feels okay to like enjoy. I think it's because they use Italian in it, and it's like look, we're we're using European yeah things yeah, which is good. I liked it. It was a really fun show. And, like, I I didn't expect to be so emotionally attached to it until, like, after the show, I feel like. Because now I'm like, oh, like... I mean, that's what you get for doing ensemble shows, too. Like, you all have get... You're all very close, and you're very mm-hmm. close to what you're doing in the script. But it's that whole idea of, like, just the story of these kids that are just trying to find a place to call home. Also, Molly is one of uh, one of the most interesting young female characters I've ever read in a play. Yeah. Like, she just has so much to... Whoever plays Molly has so much to work with with that mm-hmm. character. Um, she gets to play with, like, being a girl but, still, but being a, an It's adult. being at that age where you're like, I am still... It's that age where I don't want to talk to these kids because they're not young enough that I can be like, let's just talk about coloring books. And they're yeah. not old enough that I can be like, let's talk about Trump. Yeah. They're like this weird age. Like when Hannah was this age, I was like, I never know what to say to you because like you're so sweet and I know you want to do it. But there's, it, it, there's like a disconnect. It's like we're just we're right there. Yeah. We're just on two planes and we can see each other, but it's not it, the conversation can't happen. Mm-hmm. And it is that awkward, it's that awkward age where, like, everyone is like, I want to blow my brains out from these hormones, because it's all disgusting. I, um, do find it interesting that they, like, fully labeled Peter as 13. Yeah. I always thought he was, like, 11. But that's fine. But that's in the play. It's written in. I know. 
<sighs> it's good. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to say. It's a really good play. I would buy it if I could. I mean, I own it, but I'm saying, like, if you can't see a local production or something, I would well, rent uh, it or something. So here's the thing. Here in Orlando, three people have already done Peter and Starcatcher. I mean, Because the rights Orlando. came out. Well... The, no, it's because the rights... Yes, you, and we're also in Orlando. That's true. <laughs> but, like, the rights came out, so I'm sure these are going to pop in whatever local, yokel yeah. community theater that... You and it's a good show. And it's Black a good Stash show. is an amazing yeah. feat of, like, comedy brilliance. Yeah. Um, it's funny. So the, the Sentinel reviewed that ours was, like, I wish he was a little bit more darker. Would you agree? Hmm. I don't know. I felt like he got pretty... Well, I think it's just... The guy that plays him, he's just really good at being over the top. I guess I never felt that there were truly life and death stakes, but I don't... That's another layer that you're adding, and I feel like it'll change the story, too. You're not there for the story. Yeah. You're there for, like, how does Peter become Peter? Yeah, exactly. So I I like Stash a lot, and I I think my favorite parts of him are that how he connects to the story that we all know. So like, him losing his hand. Yeah. Him in the croc. Him and Smee. Yeah. So. Growing up, I never connected in P- with P- the Peter Pan story though mm-hmm. the way that I that everyone else does. I mean, it is a very Western story. Yeah. It's deeply entrenched in Western ideas about everything. Yeah. So, I can understand. Thank you. What did you connect with? What um, childhood stories did you enjoy? Um, Pooh. Francois the Cat. Francois Le Chat. Madeline. Madeline. Twelve Little Girls and Two Straight Lines. The smallest one was Madeline. Well, that's it for Peter and the Starcatcher. Let's talk about Who's another thing that we will have to talk, have like a full episode Well, when Christopher Robin comes out. Yeah, no, we should do a poo because... We need to do a full, like... There's been two movies. okay, so I would like to say this, and I think our listeners will agree. And if you don't, don't write in. Are you about to do A.A. Milne bad right now? No. Okay, I'm just saying. First of all, it's A.A. Milne. Milne. No. A.A. Milne. No. Is my drag name. Don't pronounce the E. Just like P.L. Travers is your drag name. That's amazing. (laughs) Um... I think we should do, we have the entire collection of all of the animated films, and I think we should, periodically, over time, I think we Just should do. devote an episode to each Yeah. Film. Kind of like yeah. how we do on Showcase. Not obviously as in-depth or as long, but like... Just like a... Because we've done it for like Coco. I mean, we've done we it for everything Hunchback. that's come out. We did for Hunchback because it was in Hunchback. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good idea, Adam. Thank you for your... I'm going to put that in our suggestion box. It just um, means you have to buy me more Disney movies. We can do the club. The movie club. No, I can just rent them from work. I have the DVDs at work. Oh, do you? Where do you work? Blockbuster. The Let's last go to one our in day. Orlando. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually... No, I work in Alaska. Did you see that? Yeah, did you see that? That was so stupid. <laughs> the last blockbuster left in the world. Okay, we're going to go to Reddy's. It's time for everyone's favorite, What's the D? So, Disney. Okay, Adam, what is your D? Y'all. You want to speak Disney Springs? There you go. Hello. Hello, listeners. 
This is ASMR workshop with Adam Noah. Can we get a chew a pickle? I'm gonna chew a Mickey pretzel. Can, we, ch- can we do an episode of ASMR? Can we and do an ASMR eat- episode of just Mickey foods? Oh my god. Dole whip. Full waffle with syrup. <laughs> um, listeners, if you visit Disney Springs soon, you will be delighted, overjoyed, shook. Because everyone's favorite barbecue place, the Polite Pig, uh-huh, is going to start selling Gideon Bakehouse cookies. That's your D. That's my D. Gideon's Bakehouse is a local Orlando. It's in Audubon Park. It's at East End Market. It is a tiny little, like a pop-up, basically. And it, it is... <sighs> they're, each cookie is half a pound. They have sea salt on them. So they're sweet and salty. They are just right in their bake. So they are still gooey. They're fully baked, but they're still gooey. Even if they're not, like, fresh from the oven... There are only many, so many made in a day, and when they sell out, they don't make any more. So, the end. Oh well. I don't understand how to explain how. I don't know how to tell you. How, they're just so... I don't know how to tell him. These cookies are so gosh darn good. Um, they're so good, and everyone is gonna start going and lose their minds about it. I can't. I just. And they're going to be so close to my house. All right. My D is that I finally went and saw The Spectacular, which is a new show in Epcot. They, they opened like end of last year. But it's the it's a show that's um, done by Morada, um, which is like a, they are like a science, like they make little tech things. They... They make components and parts for like phones and computers, and they um, they have these scientists that are real scientists, and they are with like an actor who's like the host, um, who's like the intern, and they basically just like do like little science experiments, and it's really fun. Um, they have like a little area in the front where the kids can sit close, so that way they can be volunteers for the different things. Like there's different stuff like. Um, like a like color blocks that play different music based on where it's reading. It's like ultrasonic energy vibration thingamabobs. Very scientific, but it's really fun. It's a cute show. Um, it's over at Interventions. I just love Interventions so much. I can't help it. I mean, I never did some of all thrills, and I don't think I ever would have. But I do love Colortopia, and I love in um Spectacular. It's just like a nice little corner in there in Epcot. So that's good. Okay, that's my D. Let's take it away, Walt. I don't know about you folks, but it's way past my bedtime. The morning comes around early. And that's one of my favorite times here, too. So, good night. (laughs) 
As always, you can find us at thedpodcast.com. We're also on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram at thedpodcast. The best way to support the show, though, is by finding us on Apple Podcasts, writing us a review there, give us some five, five, five stars. Um, We really do appreciate all the work and the love that you guys put in for the show, so thank you. Um, If you have any ideas for the shows, feel free to message us on Facebook, tweet at us, leave us a thing on Instagram. We're very good about being active on Instagram, which is nice. We're going to have Miranda here this weekend. The magical Miranda. Um, they're do Adam is I'm so I'm gonna be at Disneyland this weekend, and then Adam and Miranda are gonna be in Disney World. They're gonna do Dapper Day. Have you even thought about what you're doing for Dapper Day, Adam? I have, and I need to order. I need to order. You can probably just when you drop me off, just go to Target or whatever. I need to order the hair thing. Oh, the blue hair thing? Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to take to get here, though. Time's ticking, girl. I know. That's all I'm saying. So hopefully we'll see you around if you guys are doing Dapper Day this weekend. Well, well you won't be when here. I post this on Sunday, it'll be... You won't be here. I'm saying For Dapper Day. As in you and Miranda. You won't be here. Okay. And she's not a co-host of this podcast. She's a friend of the show. She is a friend... Officially, TM. TM. And if you use her offer code, you'll get 20% off. We need to talk about this time. <gasps> oh, girl, we gotta end the episode now and talk. It's a